0: What's up, podcasters? It's Hannah here, and today I'm sitting virtually with Julian Espinoza. Julian is known as a growth hacker, he's the man and founder of Poppy Digital. So, if you're looking for someone to boost your startup or personal brand, Julian and his team at Poppy Digital have the innovative techniques that can do just that. Today, we're diving into more personal and professional development, and we're going to talk more about resilience. So Julian, tell our podcast listeners, what is one common myth about your field of work that you want to debunk?
1: First off, thank you for having me. This this is great to be on your podcast. Really, really appreciate it.
0: Thank you. Glad to have you.
1: First off, let me give you a higher level of what we are. We're a we marketing agency, advertising agency, and companies usually come to us to market their business or their startup or whatever their endeavor is. And at some point in the conversation, it goes something like, well, what can we expect to get back from this campaign or this effort or this initiative? I've taken two companies who are exactly in the same industry with like really similar products, and I've ran the exact same campaigns. And both of them have performed differently. It's so hard to project from one campaign to the other what campaign's gonna perform at what kind of capacity. There's just so many variables involved, and we're forced to give projections that are kind of meaningless. And that's sort of the fortune telling aspect of it. So, the better questions are what does this look like if this fails? What plan do we have in place to become successful? Instead of asking your marketing professional to be a fortune teller, understand their process and understand how these campaigns fail. It's the system in place you have after that that allows you to be successful. I can put a financial model and make it look great, but it's not about that. It's about the process behind it. When something does fail, how do you handle that? Can you show us an example of where you failed and then how you recovered? Those are like the real good questions. That would be, Hannah, one of the things that I'd love to debunk.
0: I love what you shared, Julian. I've had the opportunity to work with you and my results multiplied. I have gotten thousands of views on my LinkedIn post. And that's no exaggeration, by the way, thousands of views prior to that. I think less than a hundred for
1: sure. I appreciate that. And hopefully you saw, especially in, in the, the content that you've shared, some of your content performs better than other pieces of your content. That's really what we're talking about here. Understanding what pieces of content perform best.
0: Yes. I'd like to switch some gears here, Julian, and ask, what exactly are you passionate about and how did you come to discover that passion?
1: It's a good question. I seek to make myself better all the time. That's really, really what I'm passionate about. Growing up, I was not afforded the ability to pursue passions. I wasn't really encouraged to pursue passions and I wasn't involved in a lot of things. So what ended up happening is you had sort of an 18 year old who really didn't know what he was interested in, didn't really know what he wanted to do with his life and really wasn't uberly passionate about anything. So I had to figure that out for myself and I spent most of my twenties trying to figure out myself and along the way I discovered passions and I discovered what I was interested in. After you become aware that, like, I'm not really passionate about anything or like, I have likes, right? Likes and passions are two different things. I like to go rollerblading, but it's not a passion of mine. It wasn't like a deliberate thing that every six months I checked in on myself. It was sort of going through an adventure and just in the adventure of trying. I think that's why there's so much synergy between you and I, Hannah, is because you try. You try new things. You're open to trying new things, whether you have preconceived notions that you'll like them or not, because we all have, we're all a little judgmental to some degree, but you're very open. I mean, from the first moment I met you, you said you wanted to be an entrepreneur. I gave you the opportunity, come to your first entrepreneur competition. And you did. 19 out of 20 times, someone says, hey, I want to do this. And then you hand them the opportunity. 19 out of 20 people won't show up just because they're not willing to try new things. You did. And right there, that's the only piece of information I needed to know that I was going to have a friendship with you and I valued and I respected you. Right, You tried.
0: Melting, Juliet.
1: My intention is to show our audience that trying is the name of the game and figuring out what you like, what you don't like.
0: Is there a time that... You tried something that pushed you out of your comfort
1: zone a little bit, but you found that you really loved it. Well, you, you were front row and center, Toastmasters. Someone said, if you want to get good at public speaking, you should attend Toastmasters. I said, okay, well, let me try it. For those of you that don't know what Toastmasters is, it's a public speaking slash leadership group. Been around for 100 plus years. There's groups all over the world, and we meet together once or twice a month. Our group meets once a week, and we practice our public speaking, our impromptu speaking, and our leadership ability. I walked into Toastmasters with a very open mind. I don't want to say it was like super nervous, but there was a there was an uneasy feeling. It was a new environment. I didn't know what to expect. I put myself out there, and Lo and behold, it's a a group of people now that I can call my family. And now I've almost been there for a full year. I've improved my public speaking, I've improved my leadership ability, and I've learned so much. And I definitely feel more comfortable and confident in speaking off the cuff and speaking in front of audiences.
0: I have experienced that same change as well. The results that come out of the unknown can be really great opportunities. Do you have any support members in your circle and why are they important?
1: My support group is the only reason I'm as successful as I am today. Mm -hmm. And that is what's been incredibly important to me. We don't all have the answers and we should seek the answers out in others. Yes, And being able to foster A really positive support group is really, really important. I take it a step further and I carefully and deliberately use certain support members for certain types of questions. So as an example, selling is very, very important. So that's something that I have a mentor for, for sales.
0: I love how you categorize those people in your supporter circle. I hope that if people listening now don't have a supporter circle, that they really want to consider building that circle. Or just identify who are the people that you feel good when you're around. Also, identify those people that don't make you feel that great. Reduce the time that you're spending with those people because the more you spend with those positive, uplifting people, the better person that you're going to be. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Remember, your parents would always say, Who you hang out with is who you are. Well, that is really true.
0: One of my favorite podcast hosts, John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneurs on Fire, always says, You are the 10 people you hang around, Fire Nation. So choose them wisely. And that couldn't be any more true. Can you share with the audience one or more of the most challenging times that you've faced in your life?
1: I got a story for you there. And that story is an ever-evolving part of my life. I grew up with a mother who was uh, addicted to methamphetamine. Being little and becoming aware that your parent is addicted to a drug, that aspect of my life has been incredible, incredible adversities. But it's also been the most important life lessons I've had to learn. And my mother's darkness gave me light. I've got good news for everyone. She's now three years sober, and she's doing quite well. That being said, I grew up with someone who was dealing with a lot of demons and dealing with a lot of darkness.
0: My mom never came
1: out and said it. I mean, later in my life, she did, but she did a great job of hiding it from me. It took me till about eight years old to figure out that she was doing something she shouldn't have. It wasn't till about 11 that I actually could figure out what the drug was and put it all together and figure out what it is. Oh, that is a meth pipe. She lights it and she puts a substance in and she gets high. What that really taught me is when someone's lying to me. I just have this gut feeling. When I had the confidence, I think the first time I was was 12 or 13 years old, I approached her and I said, hey, I know you do drugs. And to be able to say that to your parent, that was probably the hardest thing I had to do in my life. Obviously, so she denied it at the time. About four years later, I was 16. I, I did it again. And she denied it, I mean, left and right. I knew she was lying whole, the whole time. I was absolutely 100% certain had more energy than she did at the time to be able to win that argument and I just kept saying no you're lying I know what it is what her drug of choice was what the pipe looked like where she would put it how many times I broke it what what the substance was how she acted prior and I mean like I just had her dead to right and I did in front of my grandmother
0: sure that could have made it even tougher for you
1: Actually made it a little bit easier having my grandmother there because there was a support system. Doing it alone with my mom one on one was very scary. I did that at twelve. Your parent, the person who takes care of you, the person who feeds you, who's doing wrong, and being able to confront them—that has paid off in so many dividends for myself. I handle confrontation very, very well. That's what it's taught me, especially in business and especially in negotiations some of the biggest adversities in my life were amazing teachers of certain skill sets that i use in my daily life and to sum it all up sometimes the greatest things can come out of darkness
0: that is so powerful julian and i thank you so much for your vulnerability and being able to share that part of your life it's just so inspiring to me Because you took adversity and you made good come out of it. As you said, the darkness gave you light and that is just truly inspiring. I get chills every time I listen to you talk about this part of your life. I hope that our listeners are inspired to take whatever adversity that they're faced with and figure out how you can make that adverse situation into good congratulations to your mom and i wish her many 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 more years of sobriety that's just so amazing
1: yeah yeah i think she's done a really really good job we're really really proud of her and that's been a great gift to our family
0: totally you have already talked about learning from mentors people from your supporter circle learning from your past experiences and learning from adversity, how else do you continue to learn and grow?
1: That is a great question. It's the mindset. Your mindset has to be in a certain direction to be able to to grow continually. And unfortunately, um, a lot of the times to to get that right mindset, you're going to have to shed the baggage that you have and work with your demons and you can, and you can do both at the same time, but really where I've seen my most optimal growth has been sh- a shedding of my demons. And especially with, with what I just mentioned before, being able to have my mom uh, go through what she went through and then recover. That was definitely a demon that needed to be put to rest. These are the things that you need to work on figuring out what your demons are. Cause we all have them. Once you can do that, you're on the first path and the first step because then your mindset is, I want to get better and I'm trying to better myself. And that's the mindset I've gotten myself on. If you asked everyone on the planet and you said, hey, do you want to be better than you were yesterday? I think everyone would say yes. But actively going about that, it's a different story. And implementing that in a, in a, in a very religious way, doing it consecutively. Now, I don't wake up every day and say, how do I make myself better? I know some people do. And I know some people put posters and signs all over their, their, their room. And I don't need that. I, I generally wake up and go about my day. But I seek to make myself better all the time. Whether it's listening to a podcast, whether it's going to Toastmasters, whether it's working with my employees that are exiting my company and asking them what I could do better. And even my current employees and doing check-ins with them and saying, hey, how can I be a better manager? I'm always seeking to improve. You and I both commit to weekly Toastmasters where we're constantly improving both our leadership and both our public speaking abilities, right? It, it's, it's a mindset. And once you're in that mindset, you can't stop it. It just, it just happens naturally.
0: That's right. It is all about mindset, you guys. You have to have the dedication and perseverance after that to follow up. If you have that mindset, nothing will stop you. And I am one of those people who have those things posted around the house, but I like how you mentioned, not everybody has to do that. You just have to take the time to discover what motivates you and what puts you in in that mindset. One last thing I would like to highlight is how you mentioned, ask what you can do better. I constantly ask my colleagues, How can I do better? How can I support you best? And if you don't ask those questions, you might never know. Some people don't just tell you to your face unless you ask. So thank you for sharing all of these value bombs, as John Lee Dumas would say, Julian. It has been such a pleasure to have you. I just want the audience to know how can they get connected with you?
1: Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You can add me on LinkedIn. If you've got a specific question, you can add a note on LinkedIn, reach me there. We will be releasing our own podcast. It's not going to be for everyone. It is a marketing podcast. So it is going to be specifically for entrepreneurs, startups, and marketing professionals. I'm sure Hannah will share when that does release.
0: Of course I will. I have been cheering you on for this podcast, so I cannot wait to listen to the premiere Julian, thank you again for joining me. I am certain the audience has either learned something new or will walk away just feeling motivated or inspired. And I hope that they go out and make a difference just like you are too. So thank you again, Julian. We'll talk soon. All
1: right. Talk to you soon. Bye, Hannah.
0: Until next time, podcasters.